0: Hello, everybody. This is Harriet Berholtz here, and my father.
1: This is Randy Berholtz.
0: And we're here today just to bring to air kind of some conversations that we have between us and that we've been having since this most recent election occurred, and the country kind of freaked out. I think there were a lot of contentious conversations happening surrounding the election between families where parents might have been more conservative, they might have more liberal kids, or sometimes it's the opposite. And so we wanted to start this podcast to kind of go in depth about those conversations and put them on the air so that people can see that these are real conflicts that people are having in their families and you can have uh, rational, loving conversations and also disagree and hear the other person out. Hence the name, Hey, Now Hear Me Out.
1: Well, look, that's Harriet's (laughs) name. Our first disagreement is over the Name of this podcast. I think it should be called Our Political Family, but that's okay. We can disagree because we are part of the same family.
0: And eventually we, you know, have to see each other at Thanksgiving. So you can only hang up on your relative so many times before it's like, shit, I have to see them for dinner tomorrow night. So yeah, that's the whole reason my father actually is in the Republican Party.
1: I am. So hey, We're going to give you a bit of background on us and a little bit on on our political journeys. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, as you know, as Harriet will finish half of my sentences, (laughs) a third of them shall get wrong. But that's okay. This is what families do. The one thing we want to tell you right now is that, you know, this is a democracy and a democracy. People can agree or disagree. You're not thrown in jail for your political views. So we're of the same family. We love each other. You can have different views, and sometimes we're going to agree, sometimes we're going to disagree. But unlike our politicians, I know my daughter's not a bad person, and she knows I'm not a bad person. But we can disagree, and that's how things should be. So I started out my life as a Democrat. I'm from northeast Pennsylvania in the coal regions of Pennsylvania. I started off as a Democrat, and I supported guys like Gary Hart, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. I campaigned very heavily for Bill Clinton in his first election. I was a conservative Democrat. I was part of the Democratic Leadership Council. And I remember Bill Clinton ran as a conservative Democrat. But when I tried to get into his administration, I found that a lot of Hillary's people came into the administration. And I could foresee that that party was going to become liberal very quickly. So I left and became a Republican. So I'm a Republican for, don't say how many years, 20 some odd years now. And I've actually been a former member of the Central Committee for the San Diego County Republican Party. And I'm currently the secretary for the statewide California Republican Party
0: yeah, he's pretty high up with uh, in the Republican Party. I've attended many a Lincoln Reagan dinner with him in the past. Uh, been invited outside to to smoke cigars with the other Republican cronies. Um, but yeah, so pretty much, My political journey started with, as you know, most kids kind of tend to take on the political beliefs of their parents. And I grew up in a very pro-Republican household, not in the sense that we you know, had guns and went shooting or anything like that. But my dad's always been very fiscally conservative. He did not grow up with a lot money-wise. And so he's always been very smart about that kind of stuff. I look up to him so much. And so I kind of took on his political beliefs. I would go to events with him. I'm actually a singer. And so I would sing at a lot of uh, Republican events. I did the national anthem. I would do God Bless America. I even got to in a uh, plane hangar for uh, Rick, Perry, Rick Perry, Rick Perry, when he was running for president. He so. was late that day. So I don't know. I don't know, Rick Perry. He maybe had something better to do. But uh, yeah, so when it came time to register to vote, I was approached, you know, hey, come register. And so I registered as obviously a Republican. And I kind of realized as time went on and as, as I got older and as I met my now husband and his family who are very uh, liberal, his mother in particular is a big sort of UC Berkeley Cal like liberal. And so that kind of opened my eyes to this other way of thinking and living and it kind of opened up my heart to other issues that were in this country that I feel like I might've had a skewed perception on from my Republican upbringing and Republican beliefs and stuff like that. So I became a pretty socially liberal Democrat and that's kind of where my father and I started fighting about things and he would say, you know, well, you're brainwashed and I'd say, no, you are and we would just go back and forth uh, have really, really, you know.
1: I've never kicked her out of the house. Let's, Let's be very clear about that. But we
0: had many an angry conversation phone calls end up which is hanging up, only to have him call me up ten minutes later. I'm sorry. Why is it I always minute. have
1: to apologize? I wonder. Why is that? Why is the dad always wrong?
0: <laughs> oh my God. And this is the basis of pretty much all of our conversations for the most part. But over time, I feel like I was able to see his point of view a little bit more. And in working with people from across multiple demographics, both, you know, Democrat and Republican, I feel like I am trying my best to understand the other side of things with the Republican Party, see where they're coming from. And so now I like to call myself kind of a conservative Democrat or, yeah, that's that's kind of where I want to stay right now. Conservative Democrat, I would say. I have a lot of socially liberal beliefs, but fiscally conservative in the sense that I really don't like having to pay taxes. And I think a lot of our tax dollars go to a bunch of bullshit that's not really necessary. And I don't necessarily trust politicians to uh, handle that kind of finance stuff correctly. But yeah, so here we are. And we're going to talk about the issues that people are fighting with their parents about, <laughs> (laughs) and right across the country literally left and and right
1: right. i'll tell you what so uh our assistant monica has just handed us our agenda thank you monica thanks monica she's given us a bunch of issues right now to talk about and i'm sure these are issues that you've talked about with your kids or your dad or your grandparents and the like so we're just going to go down the list the first thing we have on our list is why is donald trump so popular
0: Honestly, I didn't understand it for the longest time. I thought people were absolutely crazy. And I was a huge fan of The Apprentice. The Celebrity Apprentice was my jam back in the day, and I was a big fan of the whole, you know, you're fired. And personally, I thought that okay. was where his career Harriet does a great <laughs> Donald Trump.
1: Do some Donald Trump for us because oh, you God. are you are great. You, you, she does a great accent. Go ahead. Okay. Do it.
0: Melania, you are the love of my life, but you don't compare to my lovely daughter Ivanka. If she wasn't my daughter, I would definitely date her. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's my impression, pretty much. That's,
1: that's actually pretty good, I must <laughs> say. You know.
0: But no, Trump just seems to have this sort of like animal magnetism to him in the sense people, they liked him because he wasn't a politician, in a yeah. sense. He wasn't yeah. a career politician, is yeah. what they say. Um, he was coming from an entertainment background, and he just said what well, he thought.
1: And re- entertainment and also— well, and real estate. New York real estate billionaire who was always in the papers.
0: Yeah, so. pretty much. He was like a playboy. He was married to Ivana Trump, and yes, he was I, always seen dating celebrities. His,
1: I know he was. His wife so so I guess he was Ivana first.
0: And then Marla. Yeah.
1: I was working in New York for a big law firm between 1992 and 1994. And he was, literally, his divorce was on the pages of all the times. And I guess he was with um, Marla
0: Maples. Marla right?
1: Maples. And then he has Melania now, right? So Millennia, I think he's yeah. Melania, So I guess yeah. he's got three now. So, but you know, look, from my standpoint, I started out. Being a Ted Cruz guy because a bunch of people here in San Diego, one of my friends, Ron Nearing, was a big Ted Cruz guy and was actually involved in his campaign. But in the back of my mind, I liked Trump. I was like, you know, I felt that Trump was being an American and, and, he didn't give a damn what people thought about him. And, and, you know, he stood up there. And if you think about it, he's a billionaire. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to do this. Why did he stand up and just take the heat? To me, it's because he loved this country. So full disclosure here, you know, I'm. I'm on the list to be a, a Trump delegate at the, the convention. You
0: mentioned the White House. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I've been to the White House, but I was actually in the White House under Obama. I don't know how, oh, how really? I got invited Damn. to the White House under Obama. <laughs> I was probably on the Slipped wrong, the
0: cracks. Probably on <laughs> wrong, the wrong list. list that time.
1: Or, <laughs> so I've been to D.C. to uh, see the Trump inauguration. I was at a lunch for Donald Trump uh, a couple weeks ago here in San Diego. And I'm trying to be a delegate at the convention right now. But, you know, to me... Trump speaks for the American who doesn't get their voice heard. I I mean, and the big thing is, who else would be able to stand up to the liberal press and to continuously battle against them and fight back? And, you know, I know his tweets get out of hand sometimes, but but one of my friends told me in, in D.C. that, hey, he really doesn't tweet himself. His tweets go through, you know, 10, 12 people. Okay,
0: whoever is proofreading those tweets yeah, needs to be fired I sort of immediately. have, a, yeah, yeah, that, that. <laughs> you, that you're fired, is, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that,
1: that's sort of one of my questions, too, because some of them look like they're coming off the car. A
0: toddler who's hopped up on sugar and needs to go to bed. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, and you know, he was like the one today morning, about I'm turkey. Got, what, what was uh, that one oh again? Oh, goodness, I'm, I'm, the
0: one well, about how he said uh, in his infinite and, like, unparalleled oh. wisdom. Dumb and how he would destroy... Turkey's economy, and he's done it before in quotation marks, um, if like they didn't comply with what he was saying. And somebody sent me this tweet this morning, and I said, oh, that's a funny meme that somebody created. And she goes, no, 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 this was a real tweet that he tweeted this morning. I'm like, oh, God, this is why we're all, everything's going to hell in America. But no, I do understand, though, what my dad's saying in the sense that people like Trump because they feel like he's speaking for the American people, the, the little guy, the the person in Alabama who's worked all his life to provide, or, or the veteran, you know? I understand why people like that like him. Um, but at the same time, I think how in touch can he be with this, the little guy, you know, when he's sitting on his golden toilet in his, you know. <laughs> I don't think he's been shown sure
1: he's got a golden toilet. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it has okay. in a Time
0: Magazine article about him. He's a golden toilet. That was, that was actually. Was that
1: his golden yeah, toilet? Yeah, I
0: mean, it, it was in his I house. I thought there was one. I'm assuming in, he's using it. I
1: thought there was one in the Queen's house in England. What's it called? I Is doubt that. That's no? too
0: tacky for the. No. With queen, the queen imagine Queen Elizabeth one. with a golden toilet. Come on.
1: I don't want to know what her Corgi's. That oh, that's right. <laughs> right? <a> corgi golden <laughs> corgi toilet. golden Wouldn't toilet. would be
0: great? But, yeah, I mean, Trump is—he's likable to the Republican Party because he is outlandish. And he says what a lot of people are too afraid to say, even if it comes across absolutely terribly.
1: But let's also give Donald Trump credit. You know, he's really— fought back against the press, which I think is liberal. And he's come up with the term fake news. And the truth about it is there's fake news out there. I mean, what do you think, Harry? Is is the press biased or what?
0: I think that everybody definitely has their own agenda at times. But I feel like it is the job of the president and the White House to work alongside the press. You know, there shouldn't ever try to be any sort of censorship of the press. And I think Trying to control the story in the way that he has and just throwing out, you know, fake news, fake journalism or the failing New York Times trying to bring him down again. I just think it it ends up making him look bad. And I think if he had a better working relationship with outlets other than Fox News, which honestly doesn't even seem like they're behind him that much anymore. If you follow them on Instagram, they're constantly posting negative things about Donald Trump. So. I just think he needs to have a better working relationship and not be such a kind of toddler with a temper tantrum.
1: Why don't we talk about the press for a second? Because the press and Donald Trump are sort of one and the same. But, but, you know, I think the thing you have to recognize with Donald Trump is, you know, he's a real estate guy. He's always been in the limelight. And, you know, he's had a TV show. Yeah. So, I mean, he makes me laugh. But sometimes I just want to say this is good for TV, but this is not how a president should act. And no. that's coming from me. And I love Who you. loves Donald Trump. And I love you, yeah. Donald Trump. But, you know... Sometimes I think what you really got to do is pull it in and act a little bit more presidential. And I've seen you. I've I've seen you act presidential. I do think you're a good family man. I think you're a good man. You know, I know Harriet, I don't know if you know. But
0: the family man aspect of things. Oh, well, He he paid off Stormy Daniels right after Melania gave birth. uh, You can't play the narrative of the good family Christian man when he's doing stuff like that. You know? You know? The
1: truth is, I don't know. I mean— Oh my God, is that fake news? Are we, are we I, like- <laughs> you know, I, you know, he's a rich guy. Rich guys have a so different okay. life. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're to do. What the
1: There's JFK did. What I mean, the JFK did. I mean, JFK had girls in the white, in the front, coming in on the back of the White House and Jackie's coming in the front. Yeah, but we now know he was a scumbag. <laughs> like, Well, look at Clinton. Clinton had Monica.
0: Oh, but it's not like he got away with that. <laughs> He's still paying for that. To this day, Hillary was paying for the mistakes of her husband during the election cycle. Okay,
1: so let's have a vote. Okay. Have... Wait, you... There's two
0: of us. I don't know what kind of a vote this is going to be.
1: <laughs> so do you think Stormy Daniels, do you think Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels did anything? Yes! Th- Definitively yes. like I, You don't pay someone
0: half a million dollars to be quiet when you've done nothing Maybe wrong. Maybe he
1: was just a friend who wanted to take care of him. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh. Trump,
0: Trump, the heart of gold with the stripper
1: All money. Right. So look, look. The porn star we can money. go on stripper gate yeah. for a long yeah. time yeah. here. Why don't we go back to the press? So let's put it this way. If you want to have an ideal democratic society, what do you expect from the press? I mean, should they have their own view? Do we care what their views are or what?
0: Well, the, the purpose of the press is to sort of let the people know what's going on without any preconceived bias. I mean, that's the idea. And obviously, certain publications like Breitbart skew a certain way. Certain publications like USA Today, New York Times also skew different sides of the political spectrum. But the purpose of the press is to allow the American people to feel like they're informed in Washington D.C. and what's going on politically. And it's not their job to insert their emotions or deep-seated opinions as to what's actually happening. But obviously, you can't do that. Implicit bias always exists and you can't really outdo that in your journalism. But I don't know. Trump has had a very negative relationship, obviously, with the press, if you look at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, I mean, he didn't even show up last year. That goes to show the kind of negative relationship he has with the press.
1: But you gotta admit, who's that one guy? I, I forget his name, Jim something. Who's the guy who's who's always interrupting uh, at the White House? Uh, I don't know if it's CNN oh. or something, but the press is rude to him. I, I mean, you know, one of the things that gets to me. When I was a kid, I was always taught to. I respect my elders i was taught that the president of the united states should not be talked about in a bad you know, badly, you know? And, and and to me when you say trump you say president trump i mean he is the president of the united states and to me If you don't have respect for the president of the United States, you don't have respect for the office. And then if you don't have respect for the office, you don't have respect for the country. So for me, I can see disagreeing with somebody. But I think the level of disrespect that the press has today is outlandish. And the sad thing is it's bringing us all down. I think it's bringing them down. It's bringing us down. And even think about it. How many people truly trust the press today? I'm, I mean, I, mean
0: I trust them to a certain level. I trust certain publications more than I like. I trust, you know, I know you don't like MSN or CNN. Or oh, like, Yeah, News I know. Network. Oh my God! But Fox Lies definitely is, okay. fair and balanced. I gotta say, I don't
1: want to cut you off on this one. And I, oh. don't, I promise, because you, you will get mad right. at me and I'll suffer for it for a week. <laughs> yes. But anyway, CNN. Why is it every airport has CNN on? You know, I was in the gym the other week, and this guy had CNN on, and it was he was torturing me. So what I did. He went to the bathroom, and I hid. I put Fox on, and I hid the clicker. And gentlemen out there, if He's you so are, petty. if you are conservatives, go to your gym, put Fox on, and hide the clicker. If you were
0: in the Iceland gym last week. Well, I wasn't Reykjavik. in Iceland. No, I, wasn't. I apologize, sir. But serious,
1: what you do is get that clicker. He who controls the clicker controls the debate. And all we have is Fox. If we lose Fox, where are we going?
0: They've lost, Trump has lost Fox. They used to be his oh, strongest advocates. Yeah, no, but if you, if you follow them across social media, I mean, they're they're saying they're posting positive uh, things about the impeachment or impending possible impeachment. And so they're obviously not really on his side anymore. They're kind of laughing at him. And if he's lost Fox, who does he really have?
1: Harriet, you know what's in the news right yeah. now? Everybody's talking about it impeachment. Yeah. What's your view on that?
0: I mean, there's so much to say about this, honestly. And it it's the story that won't keep, uh, won't stop breaking, pretty much. I mean, there's updates all the time as to what's actually going on. But uh, obviously, uh, they're trying to impeach Trump. And the main thing was that he had inquired, he'd asked uh, the Ukrainian government to sort of look into things about some of his opponents, uh, primarily Joe Biden. And, you know, that's unconstitutional. That's an overreach of presidential executive power. Uh, they basically tried to go... Uh, ahead with the impeachment, and then yesterday, uh, Tuesday... The White House sent out an eight page letter saying that they're not going to comply with the impeachment inquiry, which is kind of unprecedented in a sense and is also, in my opinion, an overreach of executive power. And I think personally, it's their way of trying to say, like, we're not going to play ball with this. We're not even going to entertain this idea. Uh, you, I personally have signed up to receive pretty much all political emails. So I, I get the Trump emails. And the one that they have consistently sent out is that Trump recently, since the impeachment has gone forward and stuff like that, that he's received more donations and support than any possible presidential Democratic candidate has actually received.
1: In one weekend, in one two-day visit to California, President Trump received $15 million in donations.
0: But personally, don't you think that's a way to sort of secure the tax breaks for the rich that are kind of his biggest campaign supporters? Like, they know that if they play ball with him now, he'll help them out behind the scenes Can I tell
1: you, everybody, you know, you know... Let's not say
0: everybody
1: gets tax breaks. He's a lawyer here. We're not going to say that let me just do a couple disclaimers here, and and our lawyer uh, uh, Samuel here has just told me, Sam, what do you think? Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll do it. So, okay, so look, Sam's telling me here, i got to give you some disclaimers. One, the views of myself here are not the views of the California State Republican Party. That's one. Secondly, though... As Harriet said, I'm a lawyer, and I'm a former law professor at Thomas Jefferson School of Law here in San Diego, and and I was uh, a former adjunct professor uh, at the University of San Diego uh, School of Law. And I used to be a lecturer at uh, the Rady School of Business. And uh, lastly, I was an adjunct at the uh, Keck Graduate School of Applied Life Sciences the Cormont College. Also
0: Again, a Yale Law School graduate, oh, Oxford University Rhodes there. Scholar, Cornell. My
1: bills are paid, though. Yeah. Finally. I <laughs> I finally paid
0: off this Paid
1: loans. my bills. This is but why anyway. you think
0: you'd vote for Bernie, right? It's finally just because, you know.
1: Yeah, because Bernie's <laughs> going to pay all of our debt. Where the hell were you, Bernie, before when I had all this frigging debt? But anyway— So I'm going to disclaim for those four entities, too. My views are my own, and none of those four entities are involved. But anyway, I'm getting old. I can't remember what the hell you were talking about.
0: (laughs) The impeachment process. Yeah, but you said something
1: else, though. What else did you
0: say? Uh, Just about how the White House had responded, saying that they're not going to entertain the idea of the impeachment.
1: Impeachments. You know, seriously, I mean, I mean, look, the Democrats have been talking about impeachment.
0: I promise he went to Yale. Just
1: <laughs> no, it, it was Yale School of Locks.
0: School, yeah. That's where I went.
1: Yeah, it was a lock school. <laughs> I mean, that was a two year program. Locks. I learned a lot about locks. <laughs> Let's talk about impeachment. So, look, the Democrats have been talking about impeachment right from freaking day one. So even day minus one, they were talking about impeaching the president. They tried to have, you know, they said about Russian collusion, where? Where was the <gasps> oh Russian collusion? Who was he colluding with? And you know what? You know, the truth of the matter is... The Democrats are m- more guilty of election integrity issues than the Republicans by far. And and you know what it is, though, too? The Democrats take their lessons from the CIA. I'm sorry, CIA, I love it, you do a great job for us. But what they do is if they're guilty of something, they'll blame somebody else for doing it. Who do you think would collude with the Russians? The Communist Party or the Republican Party, seriously. But let's get back to the point at hand, impeachment. Now look, Presidents can be impeached. Bill Clinton was impeached, but he... He
0: obviously still remained in power. He
1: wasn't removed.
0: No, he wasn't removed
1: so, from this. uh So, Bill Clinton, you know, gets a sexual act from Monica Lewinsky. Close your ears, Harriet. You're too young to, to hear this stuff. But it
0: was consensual, and I know, obviously, it was a gross abuse of power in the sense but it was, she felt like she couldn't say no. I uh, Trust me, I get that. She couldn't I mean, say no. She kept
1: the dress. Oh, my Why God. Why did she keep the dress? She was a gold digger. As Chris Monica- Rock
0: would say, only a white woman would keep the dress, but that's that's another. Do you topic. Know how
1: much money she's made, too?
0: Yeah, but she's also had this scarlet letter on her back. That's scarlet letter her around. for her.
1: I mean, let's face it, Monica Lewinsky wasn't going many places, and this gave her some purpose in life. Okay, and but Monica, you,
0: who wants to be known as the girl that gave Bill Clinton a BJ? Like, really? Do you know how much Nobody money she's does. made? I bet she's
1: made over a million bucks. But from she's this. been
0: her political career, her political. She have a political open. career. You don't know that. If this she even has something named after her. Oh, God, a sexual Sorry, sorry, I, I can't yeah. say that.
1: Again, my daughter. Oh, my God. I can't God. say that in front of my daughter. Sorry. I, I
0: doubt this is what she wants. I mean, now she lectures on the sort of circuit of anti-bullying and how to empower young women, and I think that's awesome. My dad has a few things to say about that, I'm sure. Oh, uh,
1: but, but <laughs> let me just give you the disclaimer again. Samuel is saying, my daughter is over the age of 21, okay? Yes. so So she, she is not 18. a— 18. has to be she, 21. Well, she's not so a a to be able
0: to drink in order so, to but anyway, stuff. back
1: to the impeachment one. Okay. You know, look— Should a president be calling another leader and saying, give me information on my opponent? No. But shouldn't it be right that a president has the ability to call another leader and say, we should have information on any illegal acts Commit it. I mean, what about the
0: illegal acts he's committing or committed if he's preventing people from actually looking in to the fact that he did this and and interviewing people that were involved in this? You know, that's a gross overreach of power. You know, this is why we have the checks and balances policy. These three branches of government are supposed to keep each other in check. And if they're not able to actually do that and perform their job, then what are we as a democracy?
1: I am not for illegal acts. I I think one of my fears with with the two-party system right now, to be honest. Look, I've been a Democrat and and I am a Republican. One of my fears right now, is that we need to be talking about the real issues that affect people. And, and, you know, is is abuse of power an issue? Yeah, it is. Do I think both parties are pointing fingers at each other all the freaking time? Yes. Am I tired of it? Yes. We got homelessness. We got we got people out there who are hurting, who need to, you know, need to have medical research being done. We got people who don't have enough money to eat. You know, I'll be honest with you, Harry, you know, Impeachment, to me, it's just a political game again. And it's like, we're going to go through this. It's like every two years we yeah. go through something and we're going to go through it again. And it's just the one thing we have to realize as Americans is we set the standard for democracies worldwide. Emerging economies and emerging countries in Africa and Asia and Latin America are looking towards us. You know, as an example, but some of them, like China, for example, has, you know, the Chinese Communist Party has said to their people, they said, you want this? Is this how you should have a country? Look at these guys. All they do is fight with each other. And, you know, we're famous worldwide for being. Sometimes Democrats hate Republicans and sometimes they like Republicans less than they like people in other countries, as do Republicans sometimes. And, you know, there's got to be something we can do at some point. And and Harriet and I will be always talking about ways to improve the system, because, look, the two parties are just ganging up on on America, it seems like, you know, and in California, we have a Democratic Party that's really a minority party in that the majority are people who are Republicans. The majority are people who are declined to stay. we got, we got a minority party It's just creating havoc out here. That's something Harriet and I will talk about. And you, see, you will see, we do have brains here. We're just not voices here and family members. One of the things I, I think we can really do here is, is just really talk about issues.
0: No, I totally agree. And I think speaking to what you were saying about how the U.S. obviously in our political system should be a model for other countries, you know, that they look to. I feel like in the sense that since Trump's become president, that we've become a little bit of a laughing Uh If you travel to other countries and stuff right now, I just was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine who is actually a Republican and her husband's in the military.
1: But you got to admit, Donald Trump has so... There's a lot of people who are maybe back in the first social against Trump. It always comes back to Trump. It's all about him.
0: That could be the name of this podcast, All About Trump. Dear Donald, we love you. No. (laughs) To Donald with love. I don't know. Potential names. We'll pick one.
1: But you know— why do we like him? I, I think we like him because he, he I don't always say say he personifies us, but he says what's on his mind. You know, if he doesn't like something, he's like that grandfather in the room who just doesn't give a crap. Who's just okay, gonna- but
0: that's not what you're looking for in a president. <laughs> dirty grandpa in the corner with his pants <laughs> off. That's not <laughs> the guy nobody so said looking he's, to he's a dirty saying,
1: grandfather in the room. <laughs> he is a dirty grandfather. <laughs> no, he is not a dirty grandfather. <laughs> President Trump, do not listen to this woman. For. She's not this, a dirty guy. He's, he's
0: like that dirty uncle no, in the corner, he is you know, who wants to see he's all the, the pretty He's the president of, of the United States. <laughs> States.
1: We're going to move on to another <laughs> issue here because we're getting off a topic uh, and we can't do that. <laughs> so the next issue is socialism versus capitalism. That seems to be, was it. was AOC. And oh, my God! I can't remember what the hell all her name She can never mean. learn. Okay. She's got Alessandra a lot of names. Ocasio-Cortez. Okay, I'm sorry. AOC, that's all I ever see on Fox News because that's all I listen to Because none of them can pronounce
0: her name either. Either. a white blonde chick so like AOC is all we can run with all right
1: <laughs> anyway she's saying she and Bernie Sanders oh I think I do a pretty good Bernie Sanders <laughs> hey this is Bernie Sanders no I'm sorry that, that was, that was terrible. actually that was actually pretty <laughs> crappy I'm sorry i do that. You got me all nervous. Though. Our Sorry
0: dog looks like Bernie Sanders. He I'll tweet a picture out.
1: Our dog's name is Simon, and he looks like Bernie Sanders. He
0: looks like that guy who's fumbling around with his papers and is constantly telling you it's about to be the end of the world with some crazy ideas. And yeah, okay. it's pretty
1: great. But anyway, socialism versus capitalism. Do these people understand who are promoting socialism? How bad socialism is? Who so- is promoting, let's just ask, who's promoting socialism? Are you crazy? Bernie playing? Sanders, He's not- AOC, Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas. Oh my God. she is. I mean, these people are having ideas tax the rich tax the middle class it's like who else can you tax if you come to my California here our California right now
0: <laughs> okay he's just owning California I'm owning here.
1: California now but you come to California you got you know Gavin Newsom and I call him grabbing oh, I do sc- like screwsome cause that's what he's grabbing our money and he's screwing us grabbing right, screwsome that's, that's that's pretty good And it's not it's not bad <laughs> it's right? not come bad. on I just created you've it, had, so. worse. I, I had, had worse I have had worse but you know this guy this guy's nuts every time we have some way to make money he's figuring yeah. how does he get his hand in there? And, and, and you know what that is? That's what the mob does. I mean, that's what the, the New York and New Jersey mafia does. Every time there is something, they get in there and they want their take. It's like it's like crossing a bridge. As long as you, you get your take, you can do it. But, you know, to me, America was built on free enterprise. You know, if you go back to the Constitution and you go and you look at the provisions in there, I, I mean, it talks about patent law, for example. Patents were really created to give people limited monopoly so that they can do commerce. If you could, some of the issues, in, you know, at the time of the um, at the Declaration and Constitution, people were talking very earnestly about having a capitalist system. Adam Smith was always talked about back then. But but at but, the same
0: time, and I'm just going to point this out really quick, and I'll probably go back to this in other podcasts that we do. The fact that we're living and dying by the Constitution to this day, still, where in which uh, black men had one tenth of a whole person's vote, is insane to me. You evolve as a society society evolves. That's why I always say, you know, about gun control and stuff like that. I'm fine if everybody wants a musket from around when the time the Constitution was done. You know, they didn't perceive the fact that we were going to have AR-15s, automatic weapons, and people can go and just shoot up a concert in Vegas. You know, people are afraid to go to school. People are afraid to be in public spaces. Like, I literally now freak out going to the movies looking for the nearest exit, thinking some guy might walk in with a gun. And this isn't the type of shit we should be having to deal with as a country. But that's off-topic, and we'll get to that later. Let's
1: go to the social Socialism and communism. Um, so, socialism and capitalism. But look, one of the things about capitalism that nobody's talking about is capitalism has three really main aspects. One is capitalism, which is the free market. The second one is the nonprofit sector. Do you realize how much of our goods and services are actually produced by the nonprofit sector? Churches, hospitals, and, you know, caring for the poor and the sick. And the third one is government. So to me, if you get rid of capitalism, you get rid of two very important aspects to our government. And if we're just left with socialism, what socialism means is that, you know, we all come together. You put all your money into a pie if you have anybody creating wealth. And then what you do is you split Divvy it, up it up
0: evenly. Well, but no one's proposing you take away everybody's money. People are just trying to have more social welfare programs funded to help more people. I think where we differ is where that money would actually be spent. Whereas the Republican Party thinks it's going to be going towards paying for the health care of illegal immigrants or pay is, you you know, you have said. In. but that's not totally true. I mean, people keep saying we need more money. We need more dedicated resources to help veterans to get homeless people off of the street. Where is that money coming from? That's what I
1: want to know. To me, that money can come from people who've made money, who can be very generous. If if you look at some, supposed to
0: rely solely on donations. No,
1: no, 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 no. So, to me, there are three aspects. One is the capitalist system can produce wealth. It's the best thing we know to produce wealth right now. and so people who have a lot should. And here's where I may differ sometimes with, I'm going to say with my party, but just with pure economics, you know, you know, pure free enterprise people. I think people who have money have an obligation. It's almost like from what I hear with the Muslim faith. If you're in a Muslim country and somebody puts their hand out, and if you're a rich person, you have the obligation to put some money or something in their hands. I think everyone who has a certain amount of wealth Needs to give some of that, you know, for their own purposes. You know, I don't say trickle it down, but provide for oh, people we all saw how have. great
0: trickle down economics Oh, worked.
1: I hear you on that <laughs> one. But, but secondly, though, is again, I want to go back to the nonprofit sector. Nobody's talking about this. The nonprofit sector is such a booming sector in the U.S. I think that 10 to 15 percent of all the goods and services produced in the country are produced by the nonprofit sector. But thirdly, then. What do you see as the role of government in the economy? I see the role of government as being one that government should make sure that people are playing right. Like, for example, to have ant- anti laws against okay. companies that do monopolies. And, and you know, in the late 1870s and you know, 1880s, and 1890s, and you know, trusts were bad. Trusts were entities that would buy a company up and essentially increase its prices, almost like. what a couple of companies have gotten in trouble here here in the U.S. And in the pharmaceutical space. You know, yeah. you know, buy all the supply and then just just jack j- up
0: demand like in j- insulin. Well, well, well,
1: jack up the price. Jack up the
0: price, obviously. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, but for me, another role of government is to take care of people that the first two can't take care of. So, do we need a government healthcare system? I don't think we need that by itself, but I do like a social a social net. I do believe in a social net.
0: Meaning what? What does that? A mean
1: social net means that people don't have to go hungry in the country. I don't believe like what with the Democratic candidate Andrew Yang was, that we should have a, a guaranteed minimum income, because frankly, I think some people are lazy SOBs who wouldn't work. And I know some people, I mean, who just wouldn't work. They'd be bums all their life. You know, to me, and I, I tell Harriet this all the time, my goal for America would be to produce independent, self-sustaining economic units. I think all kids need to do that. So parents out there,
0: cut they, your kids off now. Well,
1: I'm not going to say what I do with Harriet right now, but <laughs> she's not completely cut off yet. And there are some things, uh, uh, a.k.a. insurance. I mean, auto insurance, that's, that's and not probably, even true. I don't even, probably phone bills. <laughs> you're still on our phone plan. Mom
0: won't let me leave. It's oh, like a that's hostage not situation. Sure. Come, no, a she hostage. gets the discount if I stay. If I drop oh, down, well. trust me, I want to leave. I'll say one thing. I'll
1: say one thing about Barack Obama. Barack Obama throwing you this out there. You're my age, buddy. I think I look a hell of a lot better than you. But that—that that, that can you be decided. side. <laughs> <laughs> I let just my think, dad toot his own Barack. I'll head. tell you what. You want to have an ab contest? I'll have the ab contest oh my now. God. And I think I'm. I, I think I'm getting. You know, you can sit you veins go in run my the arms country down. for
0: eight years oh, and deal with all I'll this shit. You. But anyway, Barack, oh I God. must. I'm going
1: to throw two bones to you, my friend. And those bones are going to be one. Pre-existing conditions, you did a great job on that one. I'll be honest like with you. Like
0: pregnancy should not be a pre-existing you,
1: you condition. You twisted the uh, the insurance company's arms and you did a great job. And I, I I commend you for that. And the second one is you did convince them to have all kids stay on the health care plans until, what, 25? I 25. I think 25. Yeah. And I both of my kids are benefiting from that. And I do commend you for that. You know, to have just a single-payer program, I think, is crazy. But socialism
0: well, let me talk about the go healthcare on, thing, on, for on, example. Go on, go on. What I see and what I think my dad fails to think about sometimes is the fact that I don't think any person should have to go broke in this country. No parents should have to go broke and be hundreds of thousands of dollars or more in debt trying to fund their child's medical care. Nobody should have to be creating GoFundMe accounts to try to pay for their cancer treatment. This is just unheard of in other countries. Uh, my friend was recent, recently traveling overseas and found a lump in her breast when she was in the shower and she went in to see a doctor right away in the country and she was able to get in right away. The nurse came in and said, okay, we're going to get you in for a mammogram," and she said, that, oh, okay, so I'm assuming like I'll go schedule that with the receptionist. She goes, no, 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 we're not busy. We'll, we'll send you over there right now. Um, just have it done. Had it done, had the results back and the answers, uh, went to go see that doctor the same day for a follow-up, was told it was nothing to worry about, all within a day. You think about how that would have gone in this country and walked, walked out without having to pay a single bill. How that would have been in this country would have been, it would have taken her a month to two months, depending on the urgency of it, to get in to go see a mammogram. She would have had to have made a follow-up appointment with, with her doctor. Depending on what was covered by her insurance, I mean, that process could range anywhere from a $20 copay to a couple grand. And that just shouldn't be how we operate. Life is so freaking hard. You shouldn't have to worry about going into debt if you happen to get a horrific diagnosis. When your loved one is going through an illness, the last thing you should have to be worried about is your house, you know, having to either refinance it or sell it or go into a homeless shelter. That's just my personal opinion.
1: Yeah, let me say here, you know, we've gone through some health problems in our family and, and you know, uh, I think all of us have had things at some times. And, you know, I don't disagree with you about, you know, nobody should go broke over this. And I'm telling you one thing. If you're an insurance company CEO right now, you better be listening to this podcast because, you know, we've had issues with all of our family members. And when I have to get on the phone, when I'm either... Have a health concern, or my family does, and I have to fight with you to get coverage for something that should be covered. It's a
0: necessary procedure. Then
1: I—I'll be honest. I think you're the scum of the earth. I'll say one thing. I, I agree with Harriet that nobody should have to go broke, you know, when they're sick. And I think people are being taken advantage by our insurance companies here. You know. For one of my daughters, we had an incident recently. We got two insurances from them. And one insurance would pay, then the other insurance would pay. We're still going through, you know, insurance problems for 18 months ago. We had two insurances in place. And I'm sorry, it's not good enough. So, President Trump, if you're listening to me out here, and, and I hope you are, because I love you, you know, but at the same time. Donald,
0: marry him. No, Come on. I don't want to be
1: married to Donald <laughs> Trump. You know, I don't think our two eagles would be good in the oh, same Oh,
0: God, room. no. Can you imagine that room? But so you, many mirrors.
1: But you know what? The one thing, if you want to have a legacy, and I know you're a good man. I've heard you talk. and I know you're a good man. And I think the one thing you need to do is get this insurance business under control. I want the free market system because I don't want some bureaucrat putting me on a death list that says, "Hey, you're 65 or 70, you don't deserve you, a
0: kidney transplant, you know, you don't
1: deserve a kidney, no, I get that. or you don't deserve a heart." You know, and and, and frankly, people who tell me or they're going to tax me if I spend money on my kids' health or my my health or the health of my wife, you know, go to hell. To be honest with you. For the health of your dog. to my dog. (laughs) If I want to spend every last cent I have. (laughs) On Simon. (laughs) If I want to spend every last cent I have on my kids or my family, I'm going to do it. And I don't care what you say. And you know what I think you should be doing? Instead of penalizing me for doing that or penalizing me for having a good health care plan, I think what you should be doing is giving us some tax breaks for people who help themselves and will help their family members because that's what it's all about. We wouldn't need to have government or socialism if we had families and families took care of each other. With a lot of immigrants in this country, you know, I'll say something for recent immigrants in this country, most of them at least, some, eh, but most immigrants, I think, come over and they take care of their families and they take it upon themselves to take care of their families. They don't look to the government or to anybody else. And, you know, my family were immigrants. You know, my grandmother was born in Poland. You know, my and on, on the other side, the, on the, uh, the German side, I mean, they were immigrants. But, you know, we've sort of lost that connection with the immigrant family mentality here. I think the first instance you know, of anybody taking care of anybody in this country is family and an extended family, and then only then do I think we should go outside of that. But back on in the insurance companies, you know what? You need to grow up and you need to get in touch, you know, with the rest of us. Because frankly, I must say something about the socialist. You know, I do agree with the socialist that if the capitalists do not have programs and do not educate the rest of America about about how to succeed and how to take care of people, (laughs) then they're gonna have no choice but to demand socialism. And that's the one thing we have to realize. Capitalism is something that is under our control, but if we let it go, unabated, and we let monopolies happen, then pure capitalism, I think, is wrong. And And I'll debate anybody who's a libertarian or anything else. You know, I think we do need some state control here, but...
0: I think you need checks and balances.
1: Let me just talk about socialism a little bit. You know, like I said, part of my family's Polish, part of my family's German. You know, the Polish side. You know, you know they fought the Nazis during during the war. They they fought the Soviets during the war. And then afterwards, many of them came back to Poland in 1945 46. Some of them were killed. Some of them were put in jail. They saw their country. You know, become communist. The whole Eastern Bloc became communist. And I was in Poland in 1985, and I remember my uh, a bunch of Polish uh, professors I had told me that they said. You know, things on the, the Germans were bad, but you knew where you stood. You were either yeah. going to die that day yeah. or you're going to live. But on the Russians and you communism, but on the Russians and communists, everything was miserable. Huh. And, you know, there's a reason why capitalist countries have people streaming into them. And we have to, you know, have border policies. And we communist countries. People are streaming out of them. There's a reason why that is. We build walls to keep people out and they keep they'll build walls to keep people in. So but That's deep. Okay, so, hey, next on the list is gun control. You brought oh, the issue up. I did. So, look, here's what I say. And we had a talk with our we friend actually had Laura a recent today. T- yeah,
0: who's actually staying uh, with my dad for the time being. And her husband is actually a NRA certified gun instructor and was in the—
1: Stephen, we're throwing it out there yeah. for you, buddy. Hey,
0: Stephen. <laughs> hey, and Laura,
1: same to gun. you. Yes. Hey, and, you know, look, when I was in school in Pennsylvania, people hunted and they fished. I didn't. My dad didn't. He never took me to it. So you can do my crying for me right now that I, <laughs> I'm very honey,
0: glad. My why dad did never I get to go hunting
1: to with God. my dad? But anyway, that's another story. We got a long lot of podcasts for God. that story. But anyway, in sixth grade, we had Hunter's safety course and you had to take it. You had to know about guns and you had to know about how to be safe. You know, people say about the Republican Party, oh, we like guns. We don't get our guns, you know, but to me, with every right becomes a responsibility and if you have the right to use a gun that can take someone's life or somebody or some entity's life, you have an obligation to go to have training and to treat that gun with respect. A lot of us live in cities where if you call a police person they'll you know, they'll get here within 5 minutes. But a lot of us live in rural areas. And in a rural area, somebody's coming and attacking your house, you got to defend yourself. So, my own belief, you know, I think we should be able to carry a pistol I think we should have, a, everybody should be able to have a shotgun in their house. You know, not a so sure how. I feel. Yeah, That's what you were saying yeah, too. Not, you know, in a car, you know, maybe, maybe not. But I'll be honest. Do I think we should have machine guns? Do I think somebody should have a bazooka or a tank? No. Do I think we need an automatic rifle? No. Do I think we need pistols? Yes. Do I think we need shotguns? Yes. Do I think we should have an armory for citizens to keep weapons in in case the government gets out of control? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, Harry, what do you think about this stuff?
0: My personal opinion is that, as I said earlier, I think that the Constitution was written in the sense, obviously, the right to bear arms. It was the arms that were available at the time. I don't think the the founding fathers really saw the, the weaponry that we currently have now as being even an option. I mean, it would blow their minds the amount of rounds that you can shoot out in. 10 seconds, you know, that's how these mass shootings take place. It's tons of rounds being fired in a very rapid period, short period of time, and too many deaths to count. I think I personally think that the way that New Zealand and Australia has handled mass shootings, the laws that they've implemented and the, the way that they've been extremely effective is something that the U.S. desperately needs to follow suit with. I think that the way in which parents are having to, to send their kids off to school, not knowing whether or not they're going to get shot that day. I mean, God, the Sandy Hook massacre that took place was absolutely horrific, along with the movie theater shooting in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, the place up in Los Angeles, um, the country western bar where there was a, a shooting. I went country-western dancing a couple weeks ago, and I have to say, the amount of times that I thought, oh, God, somebody could come in here with a gun any minute were way too many. And, yeah, I have anxiety, but I can't imagine having to go through active shooter drills as a child. I remember going through earthquake drills, which I thought was just, you know, oh, whatever. You don't really think it's a natural disaster. But the idea of kids now crying going through potential shooter drills breaks my heart. I probably wouldn't have wanted to have gone to school, you know, and, and just the idea that parents have to worry about go, having their kids go to a movie theater or a mall or God, a, a freaking church, you know, the fact that you can't be safe in a public place, a country music concert in Las Vegas, like nowhere is safe or sacred anymore. And I think that if you want to have a handgun, if you want to be well-trained and want to have your concealed carry permit, I know it's a three-day class. Sometimes it's even a day. It's about an eight hour course. You're training gun safety, how to handle things. I think that that's fine. If you want to protect yourself and, and carry, you want to have a musket, a rifle, a pistol, whatever it may be. I think anybody
1: used the word musket in probably <laughs> two hundred years. Hey, that's look, what the founding fathers If you want to have about. a musket, you can go <laughs> you ahead and have, have that have musket. musket next have your damn musket. By the time you load that damn thing <laughs> with that long, dead. that long thing you put into it, I don't know whether you, do. you will be well dead. That's right. <laughs> no,
0: but the fact that people are able to go to gun shows and not have to go through background checks and then just stockpile assault weapons is insane to me, the fact that we're giving people with records guns, the fact that uh, the boyfriend clause was seen as being unconstitutional back when it was trying to be implemented a couple years back. The fact that somebody who had a domestic violence incident on their report or some sort of you know domestic disturbance complaint in their record would not be able to own a firearm. I'm all about that. The fact that it was being called unconstitutional and that's why it didn't get passed is insane to me. The fact that, you know, and I'll talk about this more extensively in a later podcast, but the the fact that the people that have committed these mass shootings are on most of the time copious amounts of psychiatric medications, I don't think people that are currently under psychiatric care should be allowed to own weapons. I don't. There are too many side effects. One of the side effects of Prozac and benzodiazepines is homicidal tendencies and suicidal tendencies. It's a black box warning on all of these prescriptions. And it's Pretty widely reported. And the one thing that I was kind of talked to about recently by a psychiatrist that I, is a friend of mine, they had said, I, I you know, I tried to make the point, oh, well, you know, women aren't committing these mass shootings. And, and if that's the, the case, that these meds can make you homicidal or suicidal, why isn't that the case? And they explained it was a hormonal difference. Women tend to become more suicidal, whereas men with the testosterone tend to have more homicidal tendencies as a result of psych med treatment at times. So that was really eye opening to me. And I, I confirmed that with a couple other medical professionals as well obviously it's not the the stone cold truth and don't quote me on this obviously i'm not a doctor but i thought it was just interesting and i don't steve
1: austin stone cold truth (laughs) stone cold
0: truth but yeah i mean that's my personal opinion i think if you want to be a safe gun owner i think that's fine own your weapons if you live in the countryside you know you're gonna have a freaking bear or (laughs) come attack you or you need to protect yourself and your family if the police can't get there in time yeah have weapons have a shotgun have whatever you need to have but don't get an ar-15 you don't need an uzi in your house that's just me
1: no, no, I hear you, Harriet. Like I said, I didn't grow up with a gun in the house, but I, I do respect the rights of people. I do respect the Second Amendment. You know, some people say it's about a militia, but, you know, we're different. And, and you know, maybe this is getting on the Constitution a little bit, too. But you have to understand that in the United States, we didn't have a lot of places didn't have police. A lot of people didn't have militias. And so people had to volunteer. And if you were fighting Native Americans or fighting the French during the French Or as anymore, you would say,
0: Elizabeth Warren.
1: Yes. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure I don't know what she is. I don't know what the hell she is, to be honest with you. But uh, that's another podcast. But you know, to me, we do have a right to defend ourselves and you know, countries like you know, Nazi Germany uh actually did away with private gun ownership. From what I know, communist countries do, and the people really didn't have a right to defend themselves. So, not I'm not saying that I believe people should should go out and, and rebel tomorrow, but you know, there there is something unique to this with Americans. Unfortunately, there is also something unique with school shootings for Americans. And you know, you've been in China with me, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about our Chinese experience. Oh
0: God, Jen- the stories and, we have to tell, guys. And
1: Japan and everything oh. else, but you know, one of the problems in China is that they don't allow people to have guns, but. There are people who have gone into kindergarten classes and with knives and just stabbed people.
0: But at the same time, the amount of damage that can come from one knife <laughs> is tiny compared oh, to that you. of the massive people that can just be murdered I, by I guns. I you. you. know,
1: the big thing is we need our politicians to stop talking.
0: Take action. To stop
1: talking at each other and to freaking agree on something. To me, the best way to be a politician or a, a governmental leader in America— is to think to yourself, would I want my kid to have this, you know, what I want, you know, you know." Put your kids in the shoes of your constituents, and then just you know make your decisions based on that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, we're sort of getting down here. We've we probably have a couple minutes left, but you know, maybe we can just talk. I, I know we, we got a bunch of issues here, Harriet, but religion maybe or uh, or, or that's
0: a think? that's a heavier topic. I feel like we could deep dive into like, a little bit
1: uh, later. You we got white oh, privilege. Oh, God, white privilege is not a... We got penalty. We got
0: marijuana.
1: So we got a bunch of things. All right, let's talk but-
0: marijuana. I feel like that would be a good one to end on. Go ahead. Because, I mean, it. we're in California. Go so, ahead. so let's What's, talk your, about what's
1: your view? It. So what's your so view on marijuana? my
0: view is, I think, obviously, the, the, marijuana is an interesting topic. I was at music school, Berkeley College of Music, what, what, for a while. I don't honestly know if we have a mascot. I think we might be the penguins or the jazz cats. There's something there. But, the, you know, our focus wasn't really sports. But uh, everyone was just trying to scrounge together enough money to buy a little bag of weed on a Friday night. Not me, because quite honestly, weed scares me a little bit. Um, not to say I haven't tried it, but I it's it's not for me. But regardless, I do know medicinally it's been used for many things, you know, uh, neuropathic pain, people with chronic fatigue syndrome, people going through chemotherapy to lessen the side effects. There's a ton of things that marijuana has been used for in a positive sense. Uh, CBD oil has been proven to help kids uh, with a treatment resistant form of epilepsy. It's shown you know great abilities for people with anxiety the veterans with PTSD. And personally, I know the negative side effects of psychiatric meds and what they can do to people. And if you can do something that's natural from the earth, to help with whatever it is that you might be going through. And the worst thing it's going to do is give you the munchies. I personally don't see an issue with it. I am happy it's been legalized in California. I think that the taxation on it is going to give us the ability to to help a lot of people and do a lot of great things. I don't think it's hurting anybody. And I know everybody always says, Oh, well, it's going to be like the next drinking and driving. And when you're high, the only place you're either going is to your couch to order Postmates or to bed, you're not motivated to go out there and drive home. That's just not happening. And yeah, I think it should be penalized if you are driving under the influence of anything, whether it be booze, marijuana, like whatever. But I don't think it's an issue. And I think whoever wants to smoke weed over the age of eighteen should be allowed to. Like we, it's not as bad for you as cigarettes, and everyone's allowed to do that. And you know, government regulation. I think the whole thing of the Republican Party is like, stay out of my body, stay or well, to a certain degree. But you know, let me do what I want. Don't regulate me. So let people smoke weed if they want. You know.
1: But tell you what, guys, we got about one minute left here. Here's here's my view, and look, this is not a, like I said, not a Republican view, probably, but you know, I would want to approve something that I would want my own kids to do. You know, it's that standard again. Or it's, so by you
0: know, that standard, you wouldn't have approved alcohol.
1: Well, yeah. So maybe not, but hear me out on this okay. one. So the name know, of our
0: podcast is, is,
1: (laughs) that was pretty (laughs) good
0: people. full circle.
1: That's maybe one vote for (laughs) Harriet's name, but Hey, you know, my view on, on marijuana and look, I'm in the pharmaceutical industry. That that's what I do. And we'll talk more about what we do, you know, for, for jobs and everything else. But my view on it is it's going to be one of the biggest frauds that has ever been committed on this country. I I, I think, and Hey, that's, that's
0: a statement. That's
1: a big thing. But (sighs) I think CBD oil and some CBD products can be used with people with epilepsy, and I do think there are some uses, but I think the marijuana industry is is using us to sell a drug and, and you know frankly,
0: just like a pharmaceutical company
1: yes, but a pharmaceutical company supposedly the motto is do no harm in and, in and, and solve an issue. The only thing I see happening with drugs is it it with Gross marijuana, overprescription. Well, marijuana it gets you of high. oxycodone it gets you benzodiazepines, high. I know, I hear you. But my view on this one is that what do you want in a society? Do you want a society of people who are burned out? Because marijuana is a, it is addictive. I don't care what anybody says. You know, it what can be we,
0: physically addictive if you use it consistently. But you know, and and, and
1: I think the levels of THC, but not like a
0: medication. But
1: I think the levels of THC in you know current marijuana are are much greater than. Oh,
0: obviously it's greater than, than, than the 70s. It's why an old person smokes weed today, and they're like, "Damn, that stuff's
1: stronger than I remember." But you know, I, I think we have to ask ourselves as a society. One, being a Democrat. How is this progressive? How is it part of a clean economy? I mean, when I was a kid, everybody, you know, all your parents smoked and, and we, everything stunk. My house, I, both my parents smoked two packs a day. It stunk with just-
0: We just sp- not have the same sticking yeah, but, abilities you know, but, but but but, smoke, but I'll tell you that. But
1: at the same time though, Progressives and liberals who like who like the economy. How the hell is smoking pot good for the economy? To me, oh, it's, it's a,
0: great for the economy in the sense that we're able to no, tax it so No, but not. not, so not much?
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not the economy. And don't I mean mind. Mean the environment. Me. Don't mind me. I'm good. He me.
0: means the environment.
1: I mean the uh, the environment and, and and you know just climate. But why would I Republicans
0: mean, care? So now you care about climate change. Now you care about climate control. Well,
1: in the old days, if you were, we all talked about secondhand smoke. Obviously. Imagine secondhand pot smoked. If I don't want to get high, I I know, I mean, I don't want this smoke blowing around, but for me it's about, parents do do you want but once a kids over 18 no no, who cares? no 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 but do you want a parent to be smoking in the house do you want should parents be high
0: i would rather have should my pilots parents be should obviously pilots be pilots, high just like pilots should, should be drunk truck
1: drivers be high Or taking
0: oxycodone nobody should be high on anything when all they're right. doing a job like being a pilot or driving a u haul truck oh the my country. god <laughs> We're just like, should, she's, lucky she's,
1: right. she's lucky that i'm Should teachers be high
0: should doctors be smoking pot
1: lucky that i'm tired <laughs> right now Personally,
0: I don't rather have you be high at home than being an alcoholic. I don't want to be high. No. <laughs> Guys, let me
1: get it on the record. I am not high. I don't smoke the wacky weed. Him hey,
0: high would be the funniest thing, thing I've would be out of the
1: house and home. But anyway, yeah, anyway.
0: anyway. But anyway. We
1: are coming down. Yeah. We're, but I'll tell you what. This is, you know, Harriet and I, my lovely daughter, one of my lovely daughters here, <laughs> we decided that. Enough, enough with with the politicians hating on each other and you know not getting anything done. I obviously love her, and you'll see. Hopefully, you can see that from this. You know, you Aww. know, she comes over, she graces me with her presence, and she brings her. her I'm kind
0: of his personal assistant. his is unpaid personal assistant, she, but I'm also paying back taxes there for 18 she, years. She brings her. <laughs> that's
1: right. You got just remember tax your kids. Oh my
0: God! But
1: she brings her her great husband Paul over and her dog Toby, and so you know we just want to let you know that these are issues that need to be talked about and and you know we're a family we're this big political family and you know and if we don't talk about them things fester and if we don't talk together the only way we can solve problems is if we talk them through 100 we may not agree on a lot of stuff but i think a lot of stuff we do agree on yeah, so and it's time, foundationally and it's time that we start talking about what we agree on and agree on those and the other ones we don't I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll find workable solutions to those. So Ooh, I like that workable solutions. So I'll tell you what. This is Randy.
0: This is Harriet. And one thing I wanted to say too, just about the, on speaking to that subject. I love my dad. We don't agree on everything politically, but something that I've kind of noticed is that people are saying, you know, oh, if you have a relative who disagrees with you politically, just don't bring it up. Don't talk to them about it because they're they're never going to listen. You know, no no fight or argument or disagreement was ever solved. Uh, you know, at a drunken Christmas party. And I, I still agree with that sentence. Uh, you you know, nobody's mind was ever changed in a Facebook comment section. But if you are not having these conversations with your relatives, if you're not having these conversations and hearing out people who you disagree with, you are never going to learn or grow and change is not going to happen. So... That's why I, I'm so committed to doing this podcast, and I love my dad. He's my best friend, and I think having these conversations, showing at the end of the day we still love each other and can talk about these issues is a great thing.
1: We'd love to have sponsors. We'd love to have guests. Just give us a yes, call. Yes, we're going
0: to be bringing guests onto this give show from the Republican side of things, the, the Democrats side and, of things. And
1: independents and Greens.
0: Celebrities. We, you know, we
1: want everybody to, to, to be able to participate yes, here. Yes, I agree. And you know what? This is We are a family. We are an American family, and— Hopefully, at some point, Harriet and I will have a song that we start this with, and, yes. and, and and we'll have a song at the end that we finish it with. But for now, this is Randy yes. signing off, this and is
0: Harriet, and we'll see you guys later to hear best. us out.
1: Take care. Hey, bye. bye.